You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Reverend Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as senior pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. All right. Sunday morning. Amen. As we lean into our discussion this morning um, about attaining the perfect love of God, it's a subject we've been on for a little while now, that goal of entire sanctification in this life, We need to have some dialogue, I think, about stumbling blocks, about obstacles that get in the way of our attaining our goal. And one of the obstacles that we struggle with in our our humanness is this thing called pride. I know none of us have experienced such a thing. I, I, I heard about it. So I thought we'd share it here today. One of the obstacles that we struggle with is this thing called pride, and it gets in the way of our holiness. Pride gets in the way of righteousness. Why is that, do you suppose? Well, it's because pride is all about self and not at all about God. Pride focuses on me but humility focuses on God. Out of all the books in the Bible, I think James gives us some really good practical wisdom on the subject of pride. Listen to what James writes. I'm in the third chapter. The chapter heading is Wisdom from Above. James says, who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds in the gentleness, humility of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes from above, but rather is earthly, natural, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, free of hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Then James goes on in chapter 4 with things to avoid. Listen to what James says in chapter 4. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is the source not your pleasures that wage war in your body's parts? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. 
And you are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, so that you may spend what you request on your pleasures. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says to no purpose, he jealously desires the spirit whom he has made to dwell in us, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, James gives us here in this passage some really good advice about humility. Imitating the humility of Christ, putting ourselves into the attitude of Christ is the best defense against the craftiness of the devil. The devil who likes to use our pride as a weapon against us. So to better understand the depth of the humility that we should strive to achieve we need to go over to our uh, lesson from Philippians today. That's the second chapter where Paul teaches us about the humility of Christ. Paul says, be like this. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and compassion Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. What does it mean to be of the same mind as Christ? Have you ever asked yourself that question? We hear that we need to be of the same mind as Christ, but what exactly does that mean? See, the more I study, the more I have discerned from Scripture that being like Christ requires that I be intentional about setting myself aside. See, I can, I can strive to be Christ-like. I can, I can read in Scripture what the attitude of Christ is, but unless I set myself aside, I can never hope to realize that in my own experience. You've got to make room for Christ to come in. Because in my natural state of mind, Tell me if you're different, but this is me. In my natural state of mind, I tend to focus on me. On my wants and my needs. And, and I know that this behavior is far from Christ-like in my head, but unless I'm intentional about my relationships with others and intentional about modeling myself in Christ's image, then I allow the Holy Spirit to move me in the direction of, of the cross when I'm intentional about setting myself aside. See, when it comes right down to it, it's, it's all about attitude. Having a mind like Christ means having the same attitude as Christ, which was an attitude of humility. If I want a Christ-like attitude, I might ask myself some questions from time to time as a, as a check on myself. Am, am I all about me? Or do I put the needs of others ahead of my own? In Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, he reminds us, he says, you know, if you've gotten anything at all about following Christ, if if Christ's love has made any difference whatsoever in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything at all to you, if you have a heart for Jesus, if you care about other people, Paul says, I need you to do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. The message says, be deep-spirited friends with one another. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help other people get ahead. Don't be obsessed, Paul says, with getting your own advantage in this life. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand to others. And then Paul reminds us that we need to think of ourselves the way Jesus Christ thought of himself. 
He says he had equal status with God because he is God, but he didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of his divinity. He didn't cling to that status no matter what. No, on the contrary, when the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and he took on the status of a slave. He became human and having become human, he, he stayed human. He didn't vacillate between the divine and humanity. No, once he was born in the manger, he was human, completely human. From that time, all through his youth, into adulthood, through his ministry on the earth, and until it was time for him to go back to the Father, he stayed human. And it was an incredibly humbling process. Can you imagine? He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life. And then he died a selfless, obedient death. Not just any death, the worst kind of death. That humiliating death on the cross. And because of that obedience, God lifted Jesus Christ high and honored him far above anyone or anything ever so that all created beings in heaven and on the earth, even those that long ago were dead and buried, every being will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of it all to the glorious honor of God the Father. That's some good theology right there, folks. See, I find it most telling that the attitude of humility, the attitude of obedience that Christ himself exemplified was the thing that elevated him in the eyes of God the Father. So that God the Father honored him and gave him a name above all names so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the honor and glory of God. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us what it is that glorifies God. What causes God to elevate us is an attitude of humility. We don't need to talk ourselves up. When we set ourselves aside, God will raise us up. Because God hates a prideful, self-centered attitude. But God loves an attitude of humility. You've, you've all heard it said that pride goes before a fall. The second part of that is, but an attitude of humility raises us up in the eyes and grace of God. Paul tells us here to obey even when no one's watching. When we obey and carry ourselves in this attitude of humility, we are working out, Paul says, 
carrying out our own salvation. In other words, we're, we're living into that sanctifying journey. How much humility should we have? Paul says we should carry out our own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, we should every moment of our lives as we work out our salvation, as we continue in our sanctifying journey, we should strive to be more and more like Christ which is the humble servant. And every moment, instead of elevating ourselves, we should be in reverent awe of our God because He is the one who is working in us by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us into the complete total fullness of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, give God the glory because the work that He began in you, He is faithful and just to complete. You can't get anywhere without God working in you. And so allow God to have the glory that is His alone. See, as we seek the gift of perfect love to be entirely sanctified by God, we need to keep our prideful self-centeredness in check and instead focus on being Christ-centered, having the same mind as Christ who humbled himself and gave himself up for us. That's the perfect love of God made manifest in Jesus Christ that is poured into us by the power of the Holy Spirit that makes us perfect in the eyes of God, entirely sanctified, able to be in God's presence without stain, without blemish, without fault. And so we can go forward from this sanctuary this morning into our week in awe of God, who, who enables you to desire to be more like Christ and who gives you the power and the ability to actually live out the purpose and the kingdom work that he has for you. An attitude of humility is the attitude of Christ. It's the very essence of what it is to be Christ-like, of what it is to have the same mind as that of Jesus Christ. It's, it's the attitude that ushers into you the perfect love of God. You want perfect love in this life? You want entire sanctification in this life. Take on not an attitude of pride, but an attitude of humility.
And God will honor that by elevating you into his perfect love. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. And until then, may God bless you and keep you.